I was watching Oprah Winfrey, the famous uh, talk show host in America, and she was interviewing the equally famous, uh, the late pop icon, Michael Jackson. And in that interview, she began by asking him the usual showbiz type questions about his favorite uh, tracks and his records and his family, the Jackson Five. And then when he was all settled and comfortable and at ease, she threw in the hand grenade. And she, she gave him a question that was absolutely brilliant. I mean, it was just a wonderful piece of interviewing. And here was her question. She said, Michael Jackson, she looked right and he said, Michael Jackson, you're 26 years old. Now tell me, what do you know for sure? What a question. In fact, I was so taken up with the question that to be honest, I had completely forgotten what his answer was. You know, but for a moment, he was stunned by the question. He was like a rabbit caught in a headlight. It was a kind of a gotcha question. And it took him time to adjust to that, but it was a wonderful question. Actually, what about us? If somebody was to ask you, or somebody was to ask me that same question, what do we know for sure? How would we answer that? What actually do you, what do I know for sure in this life? Because life is so uncertain, particularly at this moment. Stuff is happening all around us, and we're not so sure about things anymore. Our lives has changed at this particular time. There are uncertainties, there are imponderables, there are enigmas. We're puzzled about different things. We hear the news of this, the news of that, the news of the other, fake news. So it's hard to know what to believe just at this present moment. There was a time, you know, when people were absolutely convinced that the earth was flat. And believe it or not, there's people still convinced that the earth is flat. There was a time when people believed that if you traveled more than 30 miles an hour, your human body could not withstand it. Of course, we know that to be nonsense today. But there was a time whenever we believed that marriages were for life and that children would honor their parents, but we're not so sure anymore. There was a time when you could have left your front door key underneath the mat and that children could talk to strangers in the street, but we're not so sure anymore. There was a time when growing up guaranteed respect uh, from the family and support, but we're not so sure anymore. Society always seems to be drifting. It always seems to be in a state of flux. Things are changing so fast and things are so uncertain that we're not sure of much anymore. I thought long and hard about Oprah's question. And may I suggest to you today that there are some things that you and I can be absolutely certain and sure of. And God can give us assurances that will stand the test of time and all eternity. Whenever Michael Faraday, the famous British scientist, who was world-renowned for electromagnetism and electrochemistry, whenever he was dying, he was asked this question, Mr. Faraday, what are your speculations now? And Faraday, being a born-again convinced believer in Christ, he said, speculations, I have none. I am resting on certainties. You and I today, as believers in Christ, we can absolutely rest on certainties. And so today, right now, we are arguably facing the most uncertain times, particularly in our lifetimes, in our generation. And this virus is sweeping the world and leaving in its wake hundreds and thousands of people who are dead and dying. And suddenly, within a few weeks just, our streets are almost empty.
In fact, the skies above her head are almost empty. 90% of all British aircraft is grounded. Can you imagine that? Our skies has never been so clear. We had never had as less the pollution as we have right now, so that's one plus has come out of it. But because of new government directions, very draconian steps had to be taken because of this lockdown. And so even going out for a loaf and a pint of milk, suddenly it's an ordeal. You have to line up six feet apart when you go in before you go into the shop and your hands are sprayed and so forth. And so things is rapidly changing for all of us at this time. And so we have to learn how to do life a whole new way that we've never done it before. Now we're left to ponder this question. Who will be the next to get this virus? Will it be you? Will it be me? The truth is, we don't know. We can't be sure. We can't be certain about any of these things. Factories, all kinds of industry. Uh, you think of the catering industry. You think of the retail sector. You think of uh, hospitality. All of it is reeling at the moment. Uh, our economy really is almost in a state of collapse right now. Small business owners, self-employed, zero contract workers, all of them are left wondering. And we're not sure anymore, will, will we get help? Will the government promise the help that they promise? Will we get it? And if so, when will we get it? All of these things are making us so uncertain at this time. How long will this continue? We really don't know. And if it stops, will it restart again? We really don't know. And if we catch it, will we survive? Who knows? Thank God for those two pastors that gave their testimony recently. Both of them had it. Both of them was in a stage where they actually thought they were dying, but they were able to struggle on, and God brought them through, and now they have a wonderful testimony. But that didn't happen to everybody. So now we're not so sure anymore. Now, I have to admit to you that all of that is dire and gloomy, yet it's true nonetheless. But I don't want to leave you with a message today without any hope in it. I want to give you hope. I want to encourage you through the Word of God. And so no matter how bad things get, no matter how uncertain they seem to be today, but you as a believer in Christ, you must never, ever lose your hope. Never, ever. Abraham of old... Whenever God promised him a son in his old age, it came to the point where his wife, Sarah, she was so old that she couldn't even conceive, never actually mind bear a child. And so when everything in the natural was ended, here's what it said about Abraham in Romans 4.18, that Abraham, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of of many nations. In other words, when all natural hope was gone, when there's nothing here anybody else could do, he had a supernatural hope within him that God had put in his heart. And that hope was able to cause him to trust and believe God to get that son of promise. And he did get his son of promise. God gave him what he had promised to him. And so let me remind you, believer in Christ, whatever you're facing today, whatever challenges you're going through, never ever lose your hope in God because God is someone who can help us if we trust him and believe in him. 
And so I want to give you a few things today that, so that you can be absolutely sure and certain about, that you're no doubt about. And God has got these in his word for us to be encouraged. First of all, that God will finish what he has started in your life. In Philippians 1 and 6, listen to this. Being confident of this very thing. Paul says, being absolutely sure of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. What a tremendous statement that is. What hope there is in that, that we can trust God completely, confidently. God hasn't finished with you yet. Now, you may feel like the potter's vessel and the story, how it was marred in the hand of the potter, but God can make you again another vessel. You remember the, the show Mastermind and how that the host, whenever he asked the contestant a question, and, and as he asked the question, the buzzer went. And that buzzer signified that the contestant had run out of time, that he was done, it was finished. But do you remember what the host always said when the buzzer went? He said, I have started, so I will finish. Now let me say to you, the devil, the evil one, the enemy of your soul may press a buzzer and may say to you, you're done, you're finished, it's over. The game is finished. But remember, God said, God said, what I have started in your life, I will finish. God doesn't play games with us. God has got an eternal purpose for us, never mind time. So God is not finished with us. Secondly, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Hebrews 13 and 5, and I like the way the NIV puts this, for it's very emphatic. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. See how emphatic that is? Holy Spirit who wrote this, trying to get through to us that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Friends may leave you. Family may even forsake you, but God will never leave you and never forsake you. The psalmist in Psalm 27 verse 10 in the New Living Translation puts it this way. Even if my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord will hold me close. Isn't that beautiful? Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. In John's Gospel chapter 14, Jesus had just finished telling his disciples that he was going back to the Father in heaven. But he did tell them that he would return again and receive them unto himself that where he was they may be also. But they really weren't relishing this news because for three and a half years they had him every single day in the flesh, in person, up close and personal, with the, his arm around their shoulder, speaking into their ear, teaching them every day, and they were not looking forward to the Thing that he was going to leave them. But Jesus didn't want to leave them comfortless. And in chapter uh, 14, verses 17 and 18 of John, he tells them that he would not leave them comfortless. He would not leave them as orphans, one translation puts it. He would no longer be beside them, but 
He would send his Holy Spirit to be in them, to dwell within them. And that's the exact position that you and I are in today. We don't have Christ in the flesh with us in person, but we have his Holy Spirit now dwelling and residing within us as believers in Christ. This is why and this is how he can say, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I will be with you even unto the end of the age. Now, there is something that you can be absolutely sure and certain about. Thirdly, here's something to be sure about. God always keeps his word. In Psalm 138, verse 2, For you have magnified your word above all your name. You have magnified your word above even your name. You see, a man's name is only as good as his word. If his word is no good, his name is no good. If he keeps making promises to you and breaks them, if he doesn't keep his word to you, his name will be no good. In fact, when his name goes up in conversation, all you'll think about is how untrustworthy that person is because his word wasn't good. His name is not good. But God's word is good. His track record, it is wonderful. And you can trust God implicitly and wonderfully. He always, always, always keeps his word. In Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? You see, as mere men, we, we make vows and we break them. And sometimes it's not that we mean to do that, but sometimes we don't have the wherewithal to carry out what we have promised. But nevertheless, we break our word. We make promises, we fail to keep them, we give our word, sometimes we renege on it, but God always, always, always keeps his word. And because God always honor his word, we can always honor his name. Let me say that again. Because God always honor his word, we can always honor his name. Now there's another thing that you can be absolutely sure about, that God will keep his word. And fourthly and finally, and this is the most important of all. You can know that you have eternal life. John, who was the last surviving member of the apostolic band, when he was an old, old man, he wrote these words in 1 John 5, 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in his name. God wants you to be absolutely sure in the midst of an uncertain time that you have, believer, that you have eternal life. This is not something that we're hoping for. This is not something that we're waiting to see on the other side, whether it will happen or not. No, God has given us his assurances. His promises are true and real. And what he said will come true. And you can believe today, if you're a Christian today, that you have already right now eternal life residing in you. Why would God, who loves us, why would he leave us to wonder and worry and fret and have doubts and think, well, maybe I've got eternal life or maybe I don't, I'm not sure. No, 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 no. God will never do that. He will give you eternal life and he'll make you sure of it. 
if you're a non-believer today, you too, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, you too can have that assurance of eternal life. In fact, the Holy Spirit of God will give you that assurance because it says in Romans 8, 16, the Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So you see, God will assure you and make you confident of the eternal life that he has imparted to you. In Romans 3.23, it says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God's standard is absolutely so high that none of us, no human being, could ever rise to that standard. So we have all fallen short of it. We have all broken his laws many, many, many times. And when that happens, uh, the Romans 6 and 23 comes into place where it says that the wages of sin is death. And it means separation from God. Our sins separate us from a holy God. Yes, physical death will follow as the consequence, but initially our separation is from a holy God. But it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. The gift of God is eternal life. And so we need to remember that God has got a, a gift for us, and that gift is eternal life. Not only will it bring such blessing even in this current life we live in, but throughout all eternity we can live with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the Bible tells us it is by grace that we are saved through faith. And that's not of ourselves. It's not of our works so that none of us can boast. It's all by his grace and through his mercy that we are saved, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. The scriptures tell us that if we, if we believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, if we believe that in our heart and we confess that with our mouth, then we shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you believe today that the Lord Jesus Christ died on that cross for you, and he went to that grave and he rose again in resurrection life, if you believe that in your heart and confess that with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord of your life, then you shall be saved. And so in this world of changing trends and contradictions and uncertainties and imponderables, there are some things that we can be absolutely sure of today. We can be very sure that God will finish what has started in your life. We can be very sure that he will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. That God will always keep his word. And you can absolutely know that you have got eternal life. Let me pray for you right now. Gracious Father in heaven, I pray for everyone who's watching and listening this today. I pray your blessing upon them. I pray that you will keep them safe, particularly those, Lord, who are fighting in the front lines of this deadly disease. I pray, Lord, that your hand will protect them and that you will surround them and that you will bless them. I pray for those who don't know Christ today, that they will take these few words that I have spoken, these scriptures, and Lord, that they would look at them afresh, maybe for the first time, and that they would apply them to their hearts. Lord, I thank you that you have the gift of life, and it's a free gift, bought 
on Calvary by your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and given to us freely. So I pray that they will take this opportunity to invite Christ to come into their lives and be their Lord and be their Savior. And so bless us, Lord, as we go out into this world this week. May your hand of favor and safety be upon us, and may we be living testimonies and witnesses of your mercy and goodness and grace. This I ask in Jesus' name.